It's time for episode 280 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, February 6th, 2019. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that insists we come up with new clock puns for the intro every week. Instead, I'm going to put out the call. Listeners, send in your clock pun-filled intros, and we will use them from time to time at the beginning of the show. By the way, I didn't check with Dan on this before I spoke it into existence. Sorry, Dan. Uh, cool. All right. That's the thing we're doing now. I, I will be interested to see if anybody can come up with ones that we haven't used That's already. The because trick. I go back and check. And I, I will say we've every once in a while, there's been a dupe, mm-hmm. but we're pretty good about checking. Uh, however, it is challenging. So yeah, it is. It is quite the challenge to do so. But uh, what's not quite the challenge is to introduce our very fine guests for this podcast, where we talk to two awesome people about tech in 30 minutes. And to my left is the Siri Shortcuts guru, the podcaster at Supercomputer, the contributor over at iMore in the Suite setup. It is Matthew Casanelli. Hello, Matt. Hello. Thank you for having me. We are happy to have you here and excited to see what you've brought to the table. There's a table? I, man, we just, <laughs> we're, we're pulling out all the stops this week. To my left, it's an indie iOS Mac developer who makes the fabulous 3D game where you drive cars around bananas or something like that. Oh, there's a calculator built into it too, but that's not a big deal. It's James Thompson. Hi, James. How you doing? Hi, can we all just make up new listener features now? Is, is this a thing? I, I'm going to come up with some. Yeah, what are you bringing? Um, we'll, we'll see what I've got by the end of the episode. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> all right, the clock, the clock is ticking. <laughs> the clock is ticking. And that means it's time to kick things off. I'm curious, what is a game or third-party app that's stuck around through various iterations of iOS and iPhone, iPad on your devices? Uh, what is one that you know you kind of always download or just has a special place in your heart. Matthew, we'll start with you. My app hasn't saved hasn't lived on my devices the entire time, but it's recently made a comeback and that is Evernote. Um I used to use this in college on the iPad 2. I have a feeling many people listening to this probably abandoned Evernote at some point, but I recently came back into the fold mostly because it kind of is the only notes app for me that I felt comfortable like keeping a ton of notes in and not just feeling like I needed to empty out my inbox of notes. So I've kind of been convinced back in and they still seem to be alive. So maybe that what is it? Their hundred year plan might be working. We'll see. Uh, you know, I actually have several. I'm looking at just the first page of my home screen here, um, but I will pick one that is near and dear to my heart. And that is panics prompt, which is essentially a, a SSH client uh, and I, they're on their second version of it now, but I remember when it first came out, I was like, oh my God, I can SSH into my remote computers. Cause I'm a little bit of a command line nerd. And I was like, oh, this is so exciting. And I still use it a lot, honestly, like, cause I maintain my own server. Uh, and so, you know, sometimes I need to deal with stuff that come up and I don't have my, 
uh, my computer handy so I can do it from my phone or my iPad. Uh, but yeah, I, that one's definitely made the uh, the the long haul uh, on pretty much all of my devices. Uh, the other one I'll mention really quick, although I realize because this is funny, I I saw this on my home screen. I'm like, oh yeah, that's always been on my home screen. And I realized I don't really use it anymore. Is um, Remote Pro, which is essentially an app that lets you use your uh, your iPhone as a remote uh, like keyboard slash mouse for your Mac. So I you know have a Mac Mini hooked up to a TV. And so I can use it to like move the cursor around uh, or type in stuff on the Mac Mini rather than having to drag out a you know a keyboard or a mouse or something like that. So I just don't use it that much because of like things like screen sharing and mostly the Mac Mini seems to do okay on its own. So um, for once, I will not take the low road to self promotion. <laughs> um, I still have a Solibon Solitaire on my phone after a good. 10 years or so uh not because i'm particularly good at it or because i've improved at all in that time but just because it's the perfect game for switching off my brain for a few minutes you know unwinding just before sleep or preventing me from making eye contact with anybody at all on public transport um threes also fulfills a uh, very similar desire for brain occupation um but that's really only been on my phone for about five years all right. Excellent answers all around. I went back into my uh, purchased and on May 20th, 2011, I downloaded Tumblr for the first time to my device. Uh, I was a Tumblr user before I had an iPhone, uh, but having it on my phone was fun. I, despite all of the changes that have happened to Tumblr, there is still a thriving world of just fun weirdos and, and, nonsense that exists on Tumblr that is the perfect way for me to sort of when I am having a moment of, oh, I don't really want, I just want to kind of zone out and laugh or see cute photos or what have you. And, uh, Instagram is not filling that role. Then Tumblr does that for me. So every time I get a new device, Tumblr always finds its way onto my phone, tablet, etc. And will always have a special place in my heart because I'm one of those Tumblr cats. All right. Thank you all for those responses. Let's go ahead and move to the next topic, which comes from Matthew. So Siri shortcuts and the shortcuts app have been around for a while and I'm over here using it a bunch, but this is usually the part of the podcast where everyone tells me that they're not using it as much as they hope they could. And so whether or not you do use it a lot, what is one feature that Apple could add to Siri or the shortcuts app that would make you actually use it more? Well, I will fulfill my contractual obligations by saying, you know, I'm not using Siri shortcuts as much as I wish I could. <laughs> uh, I'm glad I'm going first on this because someone else would probably snake mine. I think the biggest thing that Apple could add that would get me really into it is the ability for voice-based variables. So like right now, you can record a phrase. And if you speak that phrase, you get sort of, you know, the results. So I can say heading home or, you know, what's the weather outside or something like that and get one result. It's kind of mapped one-to-one, but it would be great if you could say different things and get different results based on what you say in terms of saying like, oh, well, what's what's the weather in, you know, as as Siri obviously already can do for like the built-in weather stuff, um, you know, but if I could change something like a specific variable and say, oh, I'm, I'm leaving at this time or leaving in 10 minutes or something like that, and Siri could parse 10 minutes and then like adjust accordingly in its shortcut to like take that into account. Um, you know, I think it would make it much more dynamic and much more powerful 
than sort of the more simple macro element that's going on right now. So, of course, Dan takes my (gasps) answer. Yes! Uh, (laughs) um, I don't tend to use Siri full stop because I'm never in a situation where talking to my phone is a more polite thing than just tapping away on it. Um, I do use the Shortcuts app pretty frequently, um, such as friend of the show Federico Vitici's shortcut for adding device frames to screenshots. I use that one a lot. Um, so yeah, I mean, on a, on a technical level, being able to pass in parameters directly into third party stuff, as Dan says, that would be a huge win. And I assume that's something we might see in June at the developer conference. Well, I hope it is. Um, so having to come up with something else, the one thing that would make it easier for me is a way when you're actually creating a shortcut, uh, is a way to navigate and edit large shortcuts. So I would like to be able to group blocks of code together and collapse them down to just like a section heading or something like that um if you've ever looked at um federico's uh apple music (laughs) end of year uh, i had to edit some of the stuff like that when i was doing some tests on it and yeah that that was just very painful to edit um so yeah i should follow radar on that right now you can in siri shortcuts you can use uh scenes from the home app just give me full control of all of my HomeKit devices within the Shortcuts app, please. I don't want to just use it for scenes. I want to be able to control individual devices. And then on top of that, let me play something from not the device that I'm running the shortcut on or that I'm building the shortcut on. Like if I've got a HomePod in my house or I've got Apple TVs in my house, let me choose to have the output come from those and maybe the speaking, the Siri speaking coming from those as well. Uh, so yeah, more, more better home stuff, of course, is what I, uh, would like. Well, I definitely agree on all those things. And I mean, it is hard because I picked this and then I'm like, well, now I have three answers. It's like, I think most people want organization because I do have almost a thousand shortcuts, which is completely absurd. And I can't even share them because it's just too many to work with without some sort of organization, like going back to Evernote. And it's like the tags are what I love there. So that's some sort of tagging system and shortcuts would be amazing. But I'm also going to say um, bug fixes right now have been quite literally preventing me from using it. So the show result action, which lets Siri speak what's in your shortcut, it hasn't been working for, or didn't work for like 20 days this month. And so that... As a person who's trying to make YouTube videos showing how you can use shortcuts with Siri, that's pretty preventative for my workflow, I would say, um, to use a, I'm reclaiming that word this year. But um, (laughs) so that's definitely, I think, even just for the core users is stability has to be there because otherwise the people who are trying to share about it can't even do that. Or like the people who want to use it the most aren't able to. So I hope that still continues to be prioritized. Hmm. All right. Excellent. Well, we have reached halftime, folks, and I'm excited to tell you about our pals over at Linode who have brought you this episode. With Linode, you can instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in the Linode cloud. And you get a server running in just seconds with your choice of Linux distro, resources, and node location. Linode has 
hundreds of thousands of customers. So many. And they're all looked after by their incredible 24-7 support team. If you ever run into any problems, you just drop them an email, you give them a call, or just chat over IRC in the Linode community if that's easier. Whatever suits you best. And they've got some super useful guides and support documentation. So if you just want to look something up instead of having to talk to anybody, you can do that too. Their new management panel is now in beta at cloud.linode.com. And this console is a single-page application built using the cutting-edge React JS stack and is backed entirely by Linode's public API. And also it's open source. And I should also mention that they feature two-factor authentication to keep you and all your data safe and secure. If you'd like to check out Linode, there are pricing options available to suit everyone. Plans start at a gig of RAM for just five bucks a month and a high memory plan that starts with 16 gigs of RAM. Linode has a special offer for you listening. You can go to linode.com slash clockwise and use that promo code clockwise2019 to get $20 towards any Linode plan. On the gig of RAM plan, that's four free months. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, you've got nothing to lose. So give Linode a try today. Linode.com slash clockwise with a promo code clockwise2019 to learn more, sign up, and make the most of that $20 credit. Thanks so much to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right, Dan Morin, what have you got for us? All right, well, Apple Retail's Angela Arendt, the head of the whole operation, is leaving. Congratulations, you're now in charge of all the Apple stores. What is the first thing that you change, James? So, I would bring back the second floor of the Apple store on Buchanan Street in Glasgow. Oh my god. <laughs> no. Now, hear me out. Hear, hear me out. That's very specific, I know. Um, so they literally took away the second floor and they aren't using that space for anything else. They just made the ceiling one story higher. Um, it went away in the Apple Store 2.0 makeover that happened a few years ago for quite a lot of the stores. And before then, there was a much wider range of third-party products in the stores, and it felt more of a destination for anything you could want for your Apple devices, rather than just being a sort of Apple-themed art gallery, as it is now. Um, they also took away the dedicated Genius Bar. There used to be a small auditorium uh, upstairs there for events, and now it's all just one big white space, which looks very impressive. But for me, it's more form over function. It's the iOS 7 of retail, if you will. Um, so I'd undo that change and I'd probably do similar changes to all the other stores around the world, you know, since I have the power. You've got the power. Uh, if I had the power, I think what I would do is everyone complains about how when you come into an Apple store, you don't know where you're supposed to stand. And then someone sort of puts you over by the AirPods and Apple watch bands and you just sort of, uh, stand there awkwardly and tap your toe. And then someone else comes over to see if you've been helped. And, and so I think that I would start to focus again on the support teams, uh, because I hear too many stories like that. And then also the stories where you walk in as a person who has a base level understanding of the way iOS and, and all the different OSs work and how Apple works. And then you hear about these folks who work at Apple stores who are saying these things that make literally no sense and also are not true. <laughs> and I think that that needs to be addressed. If you're going to have folks who are supposed to be the 
salespeople and the experts on these devices, then they need to be uh, properly educated to do those jobs and fill those roles. So sort of an overhaul of support and knowledge would be my my way to up the awesomeness of Apple stores. My suggestion was the Today at Apple program and expanding it into different categories that are more specialized and more like taking advantage of iOS to do work, not just sort of the consumer side. It seems to be a little bit more focused on or like some basic type of photography things. But I think, I mean, I understand that not every store has geniuses that can do these things, but I think having professionals that show up maybe once a month or something and you have like real pro level classes would be awesome. And yes, I would attend a series shortcuts one. <laughs> uh, I'm going to sort of, I'm going to sort of hitch my wagon to Micah's a little bit here by saying I, this trend, uh, which especially under the last, over the last couple of years has been uh, trying to make the Apple stores into like a place that you hang out. Nobody hangs out in Apple stores unless you're sitting there waiting for your phone to get fixed for a couple hours. Nobody goes there with like, no, nah, I got, I got a couple hours to kill. I'll just go sit in the Apple store. Stop trying to make them not stores. They're stores, okay? We understand. Like, you can't, you're not going to like entice us in and trick us into buying iPhones. This is not how this works. Given that Apple is already kind of starting to see iPhone growth slow a little bit, I agree with what Mike is saying in that I'd like to see a shift from this is a very pretty showroom where you can buy our products to this is a place where you can come and bring our products when they stop working. Because if you want to retain customers, what you need to do is make sure that they're, they're happy with their products. And Tim Cook loves to ta- like to to like say how much customer satisfaction is important uh, to Apple, and I think this is one place where it can really show that up front by making it so much easier uh, to for for customers to get their products working correctly. So to that end, you know, I would bring back the Genius Bar. Honestly, like I, I know it got a little crowded towards the end there, and there was definitely a lot of volume, but that's that's the struggle that they need to figure out is how do we accommodate the huge volume of people who are using our devices and how do we support all of that? And I think the answer of taking out all the like genius bars and making everything part of like this sort of fluid showroom, I don't think it worked. I think it just frustrated people and it felt more like stand over here and while you're waiting for us to fix your product, why don't you browse all these other products? You can just buy a new product instead. Why don't you do that? We threw out your phone already. So just buy a new phone. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I would say that I agree with Micah that refocusing on support over sales uh, or at least bringing those things a little more into harmony would be a huge plus. But all of your suggestions were very good. Thank you so much. Let us go to our last topic, which comes from James. So my only local record shop just closed today. As part of a restructuring effort to try and save the ailing HMV chain, which had gone into administration. So from that, when will they call time of death for physical media? And will you come to the funeral? Wow. Uh, I, along with anyone who has ever shopped at like an urban outfitters will definitely be at the funeral for physical media. Uh, I think we're a long, long way. Well, I shouldn't say a long, long way. I think we're a long way away from the death of physical media. Um, nostalgia is a very powerful thing as is materialism. Uh, and both of those things sort of contribute to the, joy that is sparked in some folks whenever they have, you know, vinyl or thank you, uh, CDs or God forbid, eight tracks. Um, any of these, these different forms of sort of these, these tokens 
of appreciation for a group. And like I look to my right and I've got my collection of albums here sitting next to me. I don't want those to go away. I want to be able to have these cool experiences where the crinkle of the paper and you open it up and it's got all this writing inside. And there's something about this physical media that adds to the experience. And that's why folks continue to buy it because of that, um, that the the way that that feels and i don't think anyone's cracked the code i know that apple uh you could in the itunes store you could buy those sort of digital takes on having an actual album and it never really felt the same as physically being able to hold and and go through these things so yeah i think humans are too tactile and materialistic and nostalgic for us to call for the death right now but I'm curious if anyone else uh, disagrees. Matthew, we'll start with you. I was going to say I am the worst person to ask about this right now because I live in Berkeley, California, which is kind of like the little haven for record stores. And we have the Amoeba, Amoeba Records and everything here. So I'm sorry. I'm also sitting here looking at my record player next to me. So, And somehow every time I'm on Clockwise, I've talked about vinyl so far. So I swear I'm not like a vinyl hipster or something like that. But... I don't think it's necessarily gone. I still see. I think it has, it's sort of a, um, it works in tandem with some of your digital media. So you, it's not necessarily one or the other, especially just because digital doesn't have any effect on like, you can just get the digital version of your record also. So I do feel that there's a place for it, but maybe it just depends on where you live. Unfortunately, it's the, the past is here, but it's distributed instead of the future. <laughs> uh, as William Gibson once said. Um, I, you know, I had an interesting experience recently. I was at the mall, which is a place I don't go very often. And I went into, we have a, a regional chain called Newberry Comics uh, in New England, which used to, when I was growing up, sold, you know, had sold comics mostly, but then shifted over to mainly selling CDs. And you would go in and there'd be aisles and aisles and aisles of CDs. And the, the chain still exists. I walked in and there was like a tiny little CD thing all the way at the back of the store because all it... All it sells now is basically what I think James would probably refer to as tat, uh, which is just like plastic stuff, you know, Funko Pop dolls, lots and lots of just uh, merchandise for pop culture stuff. Uh, and I think, you know, for certain media like like music and movies, I think that there's less of an attachment at least with for things like CDs and DVDs slash Blu-rays. Like, I don't think that people have as much nostalgia for that. Certainly not VHS tapes or cassette tapes as much either because the medium was so bad. It was like a necessary evil at that point, right? Like, vinyl certainly has some resurgence, and I think there are people who make their own uh, arguments for why. Um, I will be a defender of paper books, though I know that a lot of people have mostly foregone them for ebooks. I read both. Um, but I think that, you know, there's probably something about the, the age of, uh, you know, how old the medium is and to like how long it will take for it to die. And I think the more recent a medium is, the probably the more likely it is to get offed. Uh, but for a lot of people, like, there just isn't enough difference between a movie on a Blu-ray disc and a movie that you stream over the internet, like in terms of the relative nostalgia factor slash value, it's pretty much the same thing. So I think those will be the the first to go. But I think, you know, nobody's going to be carrying a coffin out to stage on stage with the death of physical media on it. So, yeah, I mean, I was very sad to find out this shop around the corner um, had closed because I was out looking for a birthday present for my dad. And this is 75th coming up, by the way. Um, 
And it was the last shop in the immediate area which sold CDs, LPs, DVDs, and Blu-rays. We have one bookshop left across the road, which is just about hanging on by being a coffee shop. Um, but I'm not, I'm not really holding out much hope for that either. I mean, obviously, there's two factors here. There's a sort of an Amazonian monster that is eating a lot of the local shops and the bigger chains. Um, but people don't seem to have um, music and movie collections as much as they used to, probably because of the, you know, the easy access through streaming services. And, you know, people don't have collections the same way. And, you know, game sales recently crossed uh, 50% digital. So I think we've reached a tipping point. You know, will there be any other physical media format? And it seems unlikely. Yeah, you know, they're not going to come up with a successor to Blu-ray or Blu-ray 4K or whatever the current one is. I don't see anything replacing CDs as a physical media for music. So, you know, it's not surprising to me that so many media companies are launching their own services to try and sort of get back into some kind of way to sell things to uh, consumers. So I'm going to say 10 years tops for physical media. I mean, books, I think books are going to stay around for a long time. I think, Dan, you picked the right medium. But I think, you know, everything else is apart from, you know, there's going to be some nostalgia, but I just don't see anything, you know, even approaching the nostalgia there is for vinyl happening for DVDs, for example. So, you know, I'll be there standing at the graveside wearing an outfit entirely made from CDs. <laughs> I can't see now I need the death of physical media to happen so that I can see this outfit. Folks, we have reached the end of another episode of Clockwise, but we've got just enough time for a bonus question, which is brought to you by our friends at Smile and their awesome, awesome text expander service. Copy and paste isn't a good way to keep track of the things you type again and again. But Text Expander makes you more productive by taking care of all those words and phrases for you. You can store frequently used phrases into snippets and they'll expand with a short abbreviation as you type. Text Expander works in all your apps so you can use it everywhere. Whether you use Apple Pages, Microsoft Word and Excel, Adobe products, anything. So all of your snippets are everywhere you need them to be. Text Expander instantly updates new and edited snippets between your Mac, your iPhone, your iPad, your Windows PC, so you can spend less time typing and more time doing what you really want. You can even join free snippet groups for job recruiters, freelancers, airport codes, brand names, and more, all on the Text Expander website. And you don't have to work alone. Text Expander for Teams lets you manage and share snippets, whether that's with your coworkers or an entire company. If you go to textexpander.com slash podcast right now, you're going to get 20% off your first year. Once again, that's textexpander.com slash podcast to get you 20% off your first year. Thanks so much to Text Expander and Smile for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Alrighty, folks, my question for you. If you were forced to pick, which would you give up? Movies or television shows? Matthew, we'll start with you. I'm going to have to go with movies because I was, I was thinking about this and I, I think TV shows or I want, I would give up TV shows and keep movies. Sorry. Because TV shows, I think, are very nice to kind of live in a world, but I think movies tend to inspire me more than I don't think of many TV shows as super inspirational where sometimes movies really make you think and stick with you for a long time. First of all, Micah, you're a monster. Second of all, 
I think I think I would have to keep the TV shows, if only because I watch a lot more TV than I do movies. Then on the, again, on the flip side, if I gave up TV shows, I'd probably have a lot more time. Uh, no, I'll, I'll give up movies. Sad as it would be. Wow, I was not expecting that from Dan. James, what about you? So you know, do I kill Doctor Who or do I kill Star Wars? I. I, I mean, modern TV shows are really just 10 hour movies at this point. There's no effective difference other than budget. Um, but I won't, I won't let you make me choose between them. You know, as, as Dan said, you're a monster. Kill them all. You know, it's on your hands. Ah, I love it. You're going to, now you're going to have an outfit made of, of film reels and I don't know what TV shows would be. Um, for me, I would, I've talked about this before. I'm not really a movie person. Um, I tend to not enjoy films all that much. Uh, but there are TV shows that I very much like. And so I would definitely keep TV shows around because there's no way you're going to get me to eliminate the office, Micah, you monster. There's no possible way. So sorry, Star Wars, but I got to keep the office around. I'm really rethinking this. Uh, all right, folks. Thank you all for your answers on that. You can't go back on them, and this future will happen because of this. Matthew Casanelli, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's an honor. And James Thompson, thank you for being here as well. So next week, there's going to be five people on the show, and one of them's a listener. There, I've said it. It has to happen. That's not allowed. All right, I'm vetoing that. <laughs> yeah, I'm confused, uh, but thank you, everybody. Dan, we've reached the end of another episode. Whew. Indeed, we have all that remains is for us to remind our listeners out there, watch what you say and keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody.